On today's episode, I list my eight teams who I think will make the playoffs in the Western Conference in the 2019-20 NBA season, as well as my interesting teams who may not make it, but it'll be a lot of fun to watch. All that and more on Check the Scoreboard. All right, welcome into episode 40, the Sean Kemp episode. Everyone of Check the Scoreboard Podcast. Before we get off the ground, I just want to thank you all so much for your support. Uh, this is a new season. Um, I came out with uh, a new episode a couple of weeks ago, and I know that I said I was going to come out with one last week, but um, I got a little sidetracked. I got a little into my feelings a little bit with the the, the Eagles, uh, the Eagles losing and the Braves losing and just a, a ton of losing going on, or actually just the Eagles won last week, but the Braves losing and just just got in my feelings and I was busy with with work and everything, and so um, I got a little sidetracked. But the beauty of it is, is that uh, today's date that this was recording, October seventeenth, we're still five days away from the season. So I'm going to bring you guys today. I'm going to try to in a forty five minute window. I'm going to try not to go over. That's going to be my new thing this year. My new thing this year is going to try to squeeze in as much uh, valuable basketball talk as I can in a 45-minute window. And then if I have guests on, and then I'll probably go beyond that. But for the most part, I'm going to try to keep this contained in around 45 minutes, um, the, the best that I can, you know, with, without leaving on, on any cliffhangers or anything like that. So I'm um, going to expect you guys can expect me to, to get to the point a lot, a lot faster this year. So, But today, today's episode... Going to focus on the Western Conference. Going to talk about my uh, predictions, who I think will make the playoffs out of the Western Conference this year, and then a couple of teams who I think will be really interesting to watch. Um, but just before that, um, just to let you guys know what I've been been going through this this past week. Uh, this week, Tuesday was my birthday, the fifteenth. Uh, Twenty four years of life. So incredibly blessed to have seen, uh, to have made it this far, and to be able to to be in the position that I am. Um, in my life with amazing friends and, and, and wonderful family. Uh, it's truly amazing um, to think that I don't even feel 24. And, and, and at times I really do forget my age uh, just because I just, uh, it's hard to believe that, that I've, I feel like I was one, just in college and then two, actually just in high school still because I have so many memories and, and things like that. And it just doesn't feel real. So uh, to make it to 24 is, is, is an insane blessing, and and I'm very grateful for that. And, and I look forward to to what this this new year brings, this 365 days brings, um, things that'll go on in my life. I'm looking forward to those things. Um, but once again, I'm surrounded by wonderful friends and family, and and I know that uh, this will be a wonderful year, and I and I can't wait to see what what's in store. So, um, got that out of the way. Uh, we are gonna dive in straight up. Uh, this Western Conference, I will say, I was doing the research, but you know, when I I put on Twitter, I, I leaked my my eight teams who I think would make the playoffs, and then my two interesting teams. I'm going to go ahead and amend that. Um, I've already amended it on Twitter. If you follow me on Twitter, you've seen me. I've I've already amended the tweet, and I'll tell you guys about that when we get there. But uh, for right now, my top eight teams. Actually, I had the Clippers at one in my tweet, and I've already amended it uh, to the Nuggets. I think Denver. Um, I think Denver more complete. They they're they've got their full team coming back. Um, you know what they did last year? They were neck and neck with the Warriors, one and two seed all season long. Um, Denver 
an amazing turnaround in 2018, uh, the 2018-19 season from where they were the 2017-18 season, even the 2016-17 season. Uh, tremendous strides that they've made the last three years. You you know who they've got on their team. They've got Murray. They've got Jokic. They've got Morris. They've got Gary Harris, you know. Um, you know, they've, they've got the players coming back, but then they've also got some key additions coming back or they've got some key additions coming in. I think one of the huge, I think one of the biggest key additions that they're going to have is the, the addition of Michael Porter Jr., who they drafted in the first round last year. MPJ, who I think will, will win rookie of the year this year, no disrespect to Zion or anyone else like that, but I think Michael Porter Jr. could really, really take this Denver team to the next level. Um, in the playoffs, they were just missing another key guy. They took, they had a, a they had a, a 2-0 lead on Portland, and they went seven with Portland, and they lost in game seven at home, um, which you should never do. You should never lose game seven on your court. But Portland, got to give you got to tip your hat to Portland. They played tough. They played hard. That series was a, a strong series. It was a wonderful series to watch uh, from the beginning to the end. And they were just missing that one guy. And I think Michael Porter Jr. is that one player who could put them over the top. He's healthy. He's back from his back injury, and I think that's going to be big for them. Um, they drafted Bol Bol, who I think is going to be on a two-way contract uh, between the G League and, and the NBA, but he could spend up to 45 days in the NBA. I think that's going to be huge for his development. They add Jeremy Grant in free agency. Um, Jeremy Grant comes over from Oklahoma City. He shot the ball really well last year uh, in that offense and and now. And, I mean, he, he just plays – he just does his role. He knows his role and he plays it well. I um, mean, you saw that in Oklahoma City. So uh, he's going he's gonna to help these guys out as well. He's going to give them some depth. Um, when they look to go away from Paul Millsap, when they want to go into their bench, uh, they can they can come they can bring guys off the bench like Jeremy Grant, um, Michael Porter Jr. Probably his future is a, his future. He is a star. He is a starter, and that will be his future. Right now, what that holds, he may be in the starting lineup, and they may just they may bring Gary Harris off the bench. Uh, who knows what they're going to do with Jamal Murray? Um, what they're going to have him? You know how they want to space the floor with with Murray, Jokic, and and, and Porter. Uh, and Harris and, and guys like that and Millsap. So, but this Denver team is, is certainly good enough to, to take the one spot. They won 54 games last year, um, finishing just behind Golden State, like I said before. I look for this Nuggets team to, to really to, to just stay, to stay the course. I mean, they're good. They've got a wonderful coach in Mike Malone, and I don't really see. Um, I don't. I know that I know the Western Conference is a lot tougher this year because it's more balanced. But I don't see how this Nuggets team falls off. Uh, with them being able to be more consistent in that they have the they've have they've got healthy guys. They don't have guys who they're going to be looking to rest or anything like that here and there. Uh, like I think the Clippers will, who who I have sitting at two, um, or even like the Lakers, who I think you know they may try to to limit the games that LeBron and, and AD play so that they can have those guys uh, ready to go. I know LeBron is a machine and, and everything, but this is this is year seventeen for him. And eventually everyone slows down. That's that's just how it is. I'm not saying this is going to be the year for LeBron where he slows down, but he had the groin injury last year and missed the playoffs. Uh, LeBron, he should be ready to go. He didn't participate in anything over the summer in terms of international basketball player or anything like that. Um, so he should be ready to go, but I could definitely see them wanting to rest the Lakers, wanting to rest guys like AD and LeBron for the stretch. Um, they're gonna they're gonna be they're gonna be in the playoffs this year. There's no doubt about it. This Lakers team will not miss the playoffs for a second consecutive year with LeBron James on the roster. Um, you can book it. Uh, but number two, I've got the Clippers. You know what they did in the offseason? They won 48 games last year. Uh, they played the Warriors really tough in that opening round series, even though they they lost in five games, six games. Um, they played the Warriors really, really tough. They finished eighth in the West. And last year, I mean, this Western Conference 
we thought the Western Conference last year was gonna was a was a bare knuckle fist fight, and it was tough. Um, it's gonna be even tougher this year. But you know what the Clippers have? They go out, they sign Kawhi in the offseason, right? They sign him, then they make the trade for Paul George. Um, but they didn't stop there. They kept adding pieces who they who they needed uh, to go along with their roster. They get Mo Harkless from from Miami, uh, who was traded there from in the Myers Leonard uh, Hassan Whiteside trade from Portland. He comes over in a trade uh, from the Clippers uh, between the Clippers and the Heat. He comes over. Uh, the Clippers add Patrick Patterson. Um, I don't. I mean, I guess he's 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 there to exist. Uh, but really, the big guy, the big guns are, are Kawhi and Paul George. I mean, these guys make them title contenders immediately. Kawhi does. I mean, you saw what he did for the Raptors last year. Paul George had shoulder surgery in the offseason. He's going to miss the beginning of the season a little bit, but he should be able to play in November. Uh, that's what he was. That's what he said at media day. Um, I mean, this Clippers team is going to be exciting to watch when they get those two guys on the court at the same time. They're going to be exciting. It's going to be a fun year to see the Clippers, um, much like it was to see the Lob City Clippers, but it's going to be. Uh, this team shouldn't disappoint. They shouldn't. They've got the starters. I mean, they've got Patrick Beverly coming back. They've got Shaman coming back. Shaman, who played incredible as a rookie in the playoffs last year for the Clippers. He had that big shot in game three um, to or game two to, to even the series after the Warriors blew a 30-point lead. So Shaman hit the big three. He makes the big play. They've got Montrez Harrell coming back. I mean, this guy just gets after it. He was a 16-8 and eight guy last year off the bench. Uh, he provides that, and he provides that energy that you need. He runs up and down the court. He gets up and down the court. He gets rebounds. He gets putbacks. He's expanding his game to be able to shoot outside the perimeter. He knows his limits, and he plays within them. And he just brings heart. I mean, that's what this guy does. He's got the heart of a champion, and 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 the Clippers are looking to be champions after this season. And the only reason why I've been finishing second is because once again, I think why. Uh, one of his perks or one of, you know, one of the things was when he signed over is that those guys have to go by his rules, have to play by his rules. They understand that. And that requires Kawhi probably missing some time, uh, just a game here and there just to rest. Uh, he knows his schedule is what he did in Toronto last year. And that's why he was so effective in the playoffs is because he knows his body. He knows when he can play, when he can't play, what nights he needs off because he knows that when the playoffs come come around, when it's time to when when May and June gets here, he's ready to go. Um, and Paul George, much much the same. Who knows what they'll do with him? Paul George loves to be in the lineup every single time he you know every single night he can. He's going to miss the beginning of the season, so he's going to play a lot in November and December. And, and this Clippers team could really really click around uh, around you know Thanksgiving, early early December. This this Clippers team could probably go on a run where they don't lose for a couple of weeks or something like that. And I know this league is tough, and I know the Western Conference is tough, and it's not going to be easy, but that's how good these guys are. Um, I've got Portland at three. Just moving on down the list. I've got Portland at three because what they have coming back in Damon CJ, they signed CJ to the to the extension in the offseason. Um, they agreed to, to contract terms with Dame before last season ended in the playoffs. I mean, they've got these guys. They're their future, right? Dame, CJ. CJ just turned 20, 28. 27, something like that in the offseason. Dame is 28, uh, 29. So they've got these guys in the prime of their careers. Um, they do trade away guys like Myers Leonard. They lose Al Farouk Aminu. Um, you know, they lose uh, they lose Evan Turner in the trade to, to Atlanta. Uh, they lose Seth Curry to Dallas, and they lose Jake Lehman to Minnesota. But they have – they add guys. In that, in that Atlanta trade, the Atlanta trade, they get back Kent Bazemore. 
in the in the Miami trade, they get Hassan Whiteside. They add Anthony Tolliver. They draft Nasir Little. And I think Gary Trent Jr., who who wasn't isn't so much an addition this year as it is, I think he'll he'll be more of a key player for them. Um, I think this makes Portland still formidable. It gives them perimeter shooting. And, and mind you, they had Golden State on the ropes last year in the playoffs. In the Western Conference Finals, they led every single game basically pretty much um, by double digits. They blew those leads because, one, they once the Warriors started doubling off of Dame, uh, it made things a lot tougher for their offense, and they just couldn't get stops. Uh, the Warriors went on the, their crazy Warrior third-quarter runs, fourth-quarter runs, and Portland didn't have an answer. This year, they have that answer. They have that offensive answer. They have that defensive answer. That's why they got Kent Bazemore. Bazemore is a level up from Evan Turner. Not only can he defend, but he can also score on the offensive end. Uh, Bazemore provides length on the perimeter. Um, he, I mean, he can shoot the three ball. So, he, I mean, Bazemore is a, is a sizable upgrade from, from Evan Turner, and it was a business decision. I know Dame talked about he wished that he could keep the same team from last year, you know, because those guys had – their chemistry was so well. Guys like Myers Leonard, guys like Mo Harkless, guys like Evan Turner. They did a lot for this Portland franchise in the time that they were there. But the Trailblazers know that if they, they want to compete for a championship and if they want to win in the Western Conference, that's so heavily uh, filled with teams like Golden State, Los Angeles Lakers, Los Angeles Clippers, and the Nuggets, and, and the Houston Rockets too, um, they, they, had to, they had to level up and they had to make upgrades, and they did that. That's why they added Evan or That's why they added Kent Bazemore. Whiteside, I think, for him – this could be the start of something new. This could be a new beginning for Whiteside. Um, not that he was a bad player in Miami, because he wasn't. He, I mean, he had several games where he dominated, where he got over twenty plus boards. He got over, you know, twenty, you know, twenty twenty games, you know, twenty points, twenty rebounds, um, and and the blocks. I mean, the blocks were were there. The blocks were crazy. He had games where he had like eight or nine blocks. So the the talent is there, and his game is there. It's just everything with him is mental. It's does he want to buy into the system? Does he believe in the team? You know, uh, he wanted to shoot jump shots in Miami. He wanted to expand his horizons. And Eric Spolstra thought that he was better off, you know, getting boards and, and getting putbacks. I mean, he, the guy's over seven feet tall. And to some degree, I do side with Eric Spolstra in that I just, wide side to me, he jaws a little bit too much. Um, and he lets that get to him. That affects his game. He can't stay out of foul trouble. He's not reliable. Uh, you can't rely on him late in the game because he's, he's in foul trouble. He fouls guys. He doesn't know how to, you know, he can't correctly play defense to, to stay on the court. And, and he was a liability in the playoffs for Miami a couple of years ago when they ran into Philadelphia uh, with Joel Embiid and, and things like that. So, But this could be a, a bright – this could be a new start for him, for Hassan Whiteside. And, and the Blazers added Pau Gasol, who's going to miss the first part of the season with an injury. Uh, but I think Whiteside can learn a lot from Pau Gasol, as should Zach Collins. Zach Collins, their top 10 pick from a couple of years ago in the draft out of Gonzaga. This is Collins' time to shine. They really uh, they prioritized him over Myers Leonard, which means that they have a lot of faith in Collins, who can can sort of play that 4-5 that four five position. Um, Collins can shoot the ball. Uh, he's just got to fill out a little bit. He's good defensively. He's solid. But... For them to choose him over from over Myers Leonard, who was proven, who had been in the league, who had been there with Portland, he'd been through the battles with Damon CJ. Um, this means that, that Collins has to step up. He now becomes a key player in this Portland offense and this Terry Stotts on this Terry Stotts team. So does Rodney Hood, who they re-signed after the season ended. 
Rodney Hood gave them solid minutes in the in in both the Denver and uh, in Oklahoma City series, um, more so the Denver series than the Oklahoma City series uh, because his scoring went up. Um, his defense is going to be a key factor. Can he guard on the perimeter? Can he can he play alongside Kent Bazemore uh, when they want to rest Dame or CJ or someone like that uh, and and give those guys some time off on the court? Rodney Hood has to play better. He has to be he has to be a guy for this team. Uh, Yosef Nurkic, he's back from his his horrible leg injury. Uh, you know what he's going to give you. He's going to give you solid minutes. He's going to give you the points. He's going to give you the rebounds. He's going to give you the defense, and he's going to be a leader for this team. And then I'm uh, Anthony Simmons who they drafted last year, who didn't get a lot of playing time unless they were in garbage time. But he took over Summer League, much like Gary Trent did. And those two guys are going to be key players because they're going to have to fill the role that's left by by Seth Curry. Seth Curry coming off the bench, providing points, providing scoring. That's what Anthony Simmons and Gary Trent, yeah, Gary Trent Jr. are going to have to do. They're going to have to be those guys who come off the bench, who can give you scoring, who can give you solid minutes and in, in, in production. Um, because bench scoring uh, – that's how you're going to win in the Western Conference. It's going to be whoever has the better bench when your star player needs a break, when you give your star player a rest, or when you're in the middle of the season and you know you don't want to run your your guys' minutes up too much. Who can come off the bench and produce for you the most? And Anthony Simmons, from what we saw in the summer league, he completely took over summer league alongside Gary Trent Jr. Those guys can give Portland a huge boost off the bench, and they could be key players in this season uh, for when Dame and CJ need rest. Or if you know they're missing games or something like that, God forbid that happens. But if they're just normally out for rest, or if, you know Terry Stotts is watching their minutes, you know game per game, or if, even there's even if there's just a game where he just wants to mess up his rotation some, uh, because Stotts can go pretty deep in his rotations in the season. I mean, these guys could get their time to shine, valuable minutes against you know against tough teams that could be in critical situations, and find themselves you know, either playing their way into a playoff rotation towards the end of the year or playing themselves out of a playoff rotation towards the end of the year. You just never know. But they're going to be key players on this team. Um, Then I've got the Lakers at four. Lakers finished 37-45, and last year. They didn't make the playoffs. A big part of that uh, due to the stretch that they they went on while LeBron James was out. uh, And I say stretch, but but it was really bad. It wasn't great. Um, they They lost considerable ground in the Western Conference. They dropped from fourth all the way down to like that eighth, ninth battle. And then eventually just ended up resting LeBron for the last couple of games of the season. They finished 10th. Um, you know what the key additions are. Anthony Davis is the biggest. The trade with New Orleans, the trade that that sent Josh Hart, a ton of draft picks alongside Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, uh, you know, down in New Orleans. And they get back AD. That's huge for them. That's huge for the Lakers because that's who they wanted. That's who they've been targeting. And everyone knew that's, that's you know, they were going to have AD eventually. They also picked up. A huge piece in Danny Green. Danny Green on that championship team with the Raptors. 3 and D guy can guard the perimeter, which is what they need, which is what you need in the Western Conference, especially with, with the number of guards that you have there, like James Harden, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, eventually when he comes back. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, you know, guys like Dame Lillard, CJ McCollum, um, who they'll be facing on, a, on, a, on an annual night-in, night-out basis. They need guys like Danny Green who could come in and guard those guys on the perimeter, limit their three-point shooting, uh, limit their abilities to be able to score from outside and make it tough for them while also being able to take care of his, his end, you know, take care of his duties on the other end of the court on offense. Danny Green, he's a great guy. He's a winner. That's all he does. He wins. Uh, he was a winner in San Antonio. He was a winner in Toronto. He's going to win in, in Los Angeles eventually um, if they want to bring him back past this year. 
but what he what can he do for the Lakers this year to 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 prove that he deserves to be on next year's roster? Uh, that's going to be uh, that's going to be what we're looking at here. They add Avery Bradley, who sort of got lost. You know, he he didn't have a great season last year, and the last couple of years haven't been what he wanted. Um, he was in Los Angeles with the Clippers last year. He got traded midseason to the to the Grizzlies. He played well with the Grizzlies. You know, while he wasn't in the spotlight. Um, so what can he bring? He's sort of like 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 Danny Green when he was with his better years with Boston towards the end. Uh, very solid on defense. He's a very cerebral player. He's very smart. He knows what to do. And then on the offensive end, his his offense got way better. His shooting went up. His ability to 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 find his own shot went up. Um, and and if he can bring even just a sliver of that to this Los Angeles Lakers team, they're gonna they're gonna be significantly better. And they may finish better than fourth. The only reason why I've been finishing fourth, obviously, is because I talked about, uh, you know, what they may do with LeBron and, and Anthony Davis towards the end of the year in terms of, you know, possibly resting these guys. Uh, but they also they they added bench they added bench depth they added guys to their bench you know because that was going to be a, a big issue for them I think is okay you have LeBron you have Anthony Davis in your starting lineup and you've got Danny Green in your starting lineup you've got you know Avery Bradley in your starting lineup but who do you have coming off the bench who can relieve these guys not necessarily the LeBron Jameses and the Anthony Davises but the Avery Bradleys the Danny Greens you know the Dwight Howards where they're in the, when they start the Javale McGee's when they start. Uh, who do you have who can relieve these guys? And so they go out, they add Quinn Cook. He's a championship guy with, with the Warriors, Quinn Cook, a solid basketball player. He can find his own shot. He can get his own shot. He can make his own plays. He, he's a team guy. He fits well with the system, with anyone's system. Uh, LeBron loves him. Troy Daniels, a three guy. He can get you points in a, in, a, in a hot second. You need a guy who can come off the bench and shoot threes. Troy Daniels is your guy. Me, me being a Phoenix Suns fan, I know what he can do. I've seen, you know, in, in the in the tiny Phoenix Suns games that they they that they nationally air, I've seen Troy Daniels come off the bench and provide a spark for this for this for that team, and I'm, he can do the very he can do the same in 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 L.A. for the Lakers. They add Jared Dudley, Jared Dudley, a personality guy. He's going to bring toughness. He's going to he can he can get you scoring if he has to. Uh, he's not really a scorer, but he he just brings toughness. He's a solid bet. He's a veteran presence in that in that locker room. Dwight Howard. Uh, he didn't play a whole lot last year in Washington because of his injury, um, but he's back in LA now. New life, uh, a new smile, a new attitude. It seems to be so. Uh, what can he bring? How valuable can he be? He's going to be a key player on this team. Um, and then, of course, you know the Lakers. They add they add this guy Zach Norville Jr. through the draft, who has been tearing it up in preseason basketball. Um, he's played extremely well in the preseason. He's been very solid on defense, very solid on offense. Um, it'll be interesting. To, it'll be interesting to see what kind of role he plays if he if he's not in the G League, um, if he if he indeed is on this NBA roster. It'll be interesting to see what he can do for the Lakers here uh, uh, this season. But you know what the Lakers have? They've got a ton of they've got a ton of talent. They've got the best player in the game on you know in the world. Um, one of the greatest of all time. They've got Anthony Davis, who's going to go down in history as one of the greatest fours of all time. Um, they need to maximize their potential right now while they have him. LeBron James has another three years on his contract. Max another two years if he doesn't if he decides to opt out after year three. Um, they need to maximize his potential. He's in year seventeen. He'll be in year twenty when this contract is up. Potentially could be year nineteen when you know when he's out. Um, Davis. 
he's got he's playing under you know one more year of his New Orleans deal, and then he'll hit free agency. He, he's eligible for it next summer. So uh, nothing's guaranteed. There's no guarantee saying that Anthony Davis will resign, even though a lot of people believe that he will. There's no guarantee. So this Lakers team has to maximize what they have with these guys right now, uh, because if they can't and if they don't. You know, this this could turn out really bad. We had all the fallout between Magic Johnson resigning, you know, last year and everything like that. They fired they fired Luke Walton. They they bring in Frank Vogel, uh, a new voice and a new staff, you know, with Jason Kidd on it and things like that. So uh, what will this Lakers team bring in 2019, 2020? Uh, that's going to be that's going to be what everyone's watching. Um, they've, they've got they've got the names. They've got the players. Uh, but can they put it all together? That's going to be the big. That's going to be the big thing. Um, how cohesive will they be? That's that's going to be the big story. Is if they they come together in time when it's when it's appropriate. You know when they have to, uh, because they they should breeze through the regular season. They should easily be a top four seed. You know once we get to the to, to the playoffs, uh, what will they bring after that? That's that's more so the conversation that we're going to have. Is once they get to the playoffs, all right. Once you you get your first round matchup, um, you know what happens then. Like you know, then what? Anthony Davis has only been in the playoffs twice in his career, um, so not that that's going to have any effect on his game. But I mean, this is going to be new to him, right? Uh, Dwight Howard hasn't been in the playoffs since I, I don't know when. Uh, it's been forever, maybe since his Orlando Magic team or, or whatever. Or maybe that Lakers team that he was on with Kobe, did they make the playoffs? I don't even remember if they made or missed. But I know that that was a disappointing team. Him, Kobe, Steve Nash, everybody thought that was going to be, you know, the Lakers are going to be alive for another for another three, four years. But it didn't work. So uh, this Lakers team is going to be interesting to watch. Um, real quick here, we've got four and a half minutes before we hit our 30-minute mark. And our 30-minute mark, we will have to cut off somewhere um, at a stopping point. Uh, but we're going to keep going as fast as you know, as as fast as we can. At five here, I've got the Warriors, uh, fifty-seven and twenty-five last year, finishing first in the West, just ahead of the, the the Nuggets. Advanced all the way to the NBA Finals. They had a couple, you know, they had a couple of challenges last year with the injuries to, to Kevin Durant and then Clay Thompson in the, in the finals. Um, I mean, really, this this Warriors team, when they're at their best, they they're a top three team in the in the league in the West, even without Kevin Durant, um, you saw what kind of team they were when they didn't have Kevin Durant, when they had Steph Clay and Draymond, but they lose a lot more than just Kevin Durant, right? Because they were good without Kevin Durant, but they were, but they were only good because they had names like Sean Livingston, Andre Godala, uh, guys who played key roles off the bench, you know, the Quinn Cooks, um, the Jordan Bells, they were, they were, they were so good because they had guys like that. Now, Sean Livingston is retired. Andre Godala is in Memphis. Um, they don't. They don't have Kevin Durant. Obviously, Kevin Durant traded away in the offseason to Brooklyn for D'Angelo Russell, who they then signed uh, to a four-year max deal. So, what are the Warriors going to do? Like, what are these new Warriors going to bring to the table? Right, while it's still Steph, while it's still just Steph and Draymond, what are these new guys going to bring to the table? How effective will D'Lo be? You know how does he? How is he going to play? How well are he and Steph going to play off of each other? D'Lo took his game to another level last year. He played extremely well, taking the, the Nets to the playoffs, 
first time all-star. He's still just 22 years old. Um, so his game still has a lot of a room for growth, right? He's, he's already been in the league, what, four years now? Um, but it feels like he's been in the league way longer than that because of everything that he's been through. Uh, he, especially with the Lakers, to, to go into Brooklyn and, and everything that happened and, and leading the team to the playoffs last year um, and, and taking them to a six-game series with the, the Sixers. Um, so, and he's still just finding his game. And he's, and the beautiful thing about it is his game is still getting better. And, and this Warriors, and I know he was linked relatively, I don't know how, how valid this was, um, but he was linked to whatever kind of deal that the Warriors could be looking to, to trade for Andre Drummond. And I don't know how, how, how real or false that was, but I do know this. What's real is that this Warriors offense, this Warriors system, the Steve Kerr system could help him. It could help his game dramatically. Um, not having to have the ball in his hands and, and not having to, to be able to, to make plays all the time for others, uh, which he was better at last year, is going to help him. Being able to, to play off of Steph or even have the ball and, and to be able to, to make plays with Steph or for Steph uh, or Draymond, you know, playing off of him is going to help his game, right? Uh, they don't just add him. They go out and get Glenn Robinson the third. They draft Jordan Poole out of Michigan, who I think is going to be solid. Eric Pascal, they drafted last year out of out of Villanova. Uh, he was a champion there. They 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 get Amari Spellman in a trade, um, who also played at Villanova championship teams. And they get Alec Burks in free agency, who who's going to really fill the shoes of Clay Thompson. He and, and Glenn Robinson the third probably going to fill the shoes of Clay Thompson until Thompson returns in, in February March. Um, so we're going to break right here. When we come back, we'll pick back up with, with what more of these, uh, Warriors, Warriors additions going to, going to bring to the table. All right. Welcome back inside the check the scoreboard podcast. This is episode 40 here. And as I mentioned before, we're going to try to keep this within a 45 minute window. So we're already on team five here with the Warriors, uh, of my, of my top eight to, to make the playoffs. So we've got another, we've got six, seven, and eight to go, and then my two teams who I think will be interesting. So uh, we should be okay to hit the 45-minute limit, but once again, I'm not going to leave you guys on a cliffhanger or anything like that uh, just because it's not really cool to do. I don't like being left on cliffhangers when I'm watching episodes on TV, and so why would I want to leave you guys on a cliffhanger? That doesn't make any sense. But we are last talking about what these guys, these new warriors are going to bring to the table. Guys like, you know, D'Angelo Russell, Glenn Robinson III, Jordan Poole, who they drafted, Pascal, Amari Spellman, Alex Burks. I think Burks and probably Glenn Robinson III will combine to sort of fill that role that Clay Thompson leaves. Uh, Glenn Robinson III, if you haven't had a chance to watch his game because he's been on a couple of bad teams, uh, he was with Indiana, the Pacers, last year and, and was a, a he was a contributor to that team but um, who made the playoffs. Uh, but I think his role here in, in – and now San Francisco and not Oakland uh, with, with the Golden State Warriors, it could be relatively important, especially since Clay Thompson's on the team with his torn ACL, um, as well as Alec Burks. Alec Burks is a good, th- good three-point shooter. Um, he flashed. He flashed. You know, he showed signs of being a solid NBA basketball player uh, with, with the Jazz a couple seasons ago in the playoffs, and then last year he was traded – uh, to Cleveland, and then I really lost track of him after that. I can't really tell you where he went after after Cleveland, if he even went anywhere after Cleveland. So, uh, Burks, he 
you know, now that he's back in the limelight on an important team back in the playoff hunt, uh, the Warriors who should be expected to, to fight for a playoff spot, um, a lot remains to be seen here. Um, and what these guys can bring, you know, of course, Steph is always going to be a key player. Draymond's always going to be a key player. But another key player is going to be Willie Cauley-Stein, who they lose Jordan Bell, but Willie Cauley-Stein is just a bigger version of Jordan Bell. Cauley-Stein runs the floor effectively. He gets rebounds. He can score points. Um, he really played – his game really improved itself over the last two years in Sacramento. Um, now he, he wanted a bigger role, and now he's got it. He, he's on a championship team. Uh, a championship caliber team. And now if he doesn't elevate his play, it's not going to really reflect well on him. Uh, a guy who wanted a, a bigger role uh, on a, you know, on a better team. And, and he's got that now. So what is he going to do with it? As much like, as much like the Warriors are not the Warriors, as much like the Lakers with, with, with Dwight Howard, uh, Dwight Howard now is, is back with the, like he's back on, he's back in relevancy. Uh, he's, he, he's on a team that should contend, you know, how, what is he going to do with his role, right? He's going to split time with JaVale McGee for sure. Um, so what is he going to do with his minutes on the floor? Willie Cauley-Stein now, what is he going to do with his minutes on the floor uh, when he's running with these guys, Draymond and Steph and D'Lo and eventually Clay when Clay comes back? Uh, Jordan Poole, like, you know, is he going to be outplayed by Jordan Poole? Is Jordan Poole going to going to prove that? His minutes are more valuable than Willie Colley Stein. They don't play the same position for sure, but the Warriors like to go a lot of small balls. So if Willie Colley Stein doesn't want to see his role reduced, how is he gonna how is he how is how is his value going to prove to be better than that of, of a Jordan Poole? Of a rookie at that, a rookie Jordan Poole. So um, this is gonna be interesting. This is a big year for him. Um, you know, people you know. He played in Sacramento, so like of course, they they never had anything to play for, so his numbers could just be inflated just because he was on a bad team and blah 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 and all this and all that. Uh, Willie Colley Stein played three years at Kentucky. Um, he did not come out after one year, so he got considerably more um, experience at the college basketball level, playing against a lot of high level guys. He comes into the draft. He was still a so- he was still a solid. He was still a top ten pick, I believe. Still a top still a top ten pick. Um, and now he just has to make the most of his, uh, of, of his opportunities. Now he's older. He's much older than a lot of these younger guys running around. Um, but he's not that much older. I mean, he's still fairly young. I think he's like 20. I think we went to college the same year. So he should be about 24, 25, um, maybe even 23 still. So, uh, I mean, he's still a significantly young guy, um, He's still got a lot of he's still got a lot of basketball ahead of him, but you know, for a guy who's already been in the league for four or five years, um, or whatever it is, I mean, you know, like he's got to show he's got to show that he deserves whatever role he's going to be given. At six, I've got the Utah Jazz. Um, I mean, they Utah. Run into a bus hall the last couple of years against Houston. Um, they finished with 50 wins last year. That was good enough for fifth in the West. Um, they, you know, Donovan Mitchell played better. Uh, I wouldn't say, I mean, if you want to say he played better in that Houston playoff series last year, then you can. Um, he wasn't, he didn't play 
his rookie season against Houston was awful in that playoff series. Um, after they had, after they stunned Oklahoma City in advance to the second round, um, they completely just his game just completely fell apart. Last year, he had games where he played well, and you know the Jazz as a whole, as a collective team, didn't really come through. And then he had games where he did not play well, and it looked like games you know they just they should have never been in. They they got blasted. So, um, but I think what is going to help him is the addition of Mike Conley. Signing Conley in the offseason is going to be huge for, for Donovan Mitchell, not only in his development as a guard in this league, uh, but Conley is a great role model. He's a great human being. He's a great person on and off the court. Um, but he he scores. Frankly, quite frankly, he scores more than Ricky Rubio ever did um, and, and has the ability to. That's not to say that he's a score-first kind of guy. Um but Conley certainly has a better scoring apparatus and ability and a better scoring prowess than Ricky Rubio did. Conley still makes plays for others in that he can still pass the ball and create for others, but he can get his own shot. Rubio can never get his own shot. That was something that he got better at. Um, and in the later years of, you know, you know, recently, and Rubio's only 28, so even say his his later years – is still kind of being mean to him, but Rubio is just developing that part of his game. Conley's had that game since he came in the league. Um, and so, and now he's out, he's out of Memphis. He's back on a playoff team in, in Utah and that could really do wonders. And this jazz team to say that they have finished sixth. They have a solid team. They've got a solid unit and, and no disrespect to any team actually who finishes after four or in my predictions or any, even, even in the Western conference, no disrespect to any team. They shouldn't take that lightly, you know, because any team really one through eight has a solid chance of advancing to the Western Conference Finals. They have a solid chance of potentially even going to the NBA Finals, right? Because that's how balanced it is. So the Utah Jazz said, you know, even though they've got guys like Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, they they signed Bojan Bogdanovic in the offseason, who was a great, a, a great fill, you know, he played great in, in, the, in the absence of Victor Oladipo last year on the Pacers. After Vic went down uh, with his, you know, with his leg injury, Bogdanovich stepped up. His his points went up, you know, almost what like three points per game, four points per game. He jumped from about 16, 17 points per game to to twenty to almost over twenty points a game. Um, in the playoffs, he played well against Boston in that opening round series. He's going to bring. I mean, that's they need that uh, to go alongside guys like Joe Ingles. Um, they signed Ed Davis, you know, to replace sort of like what Derek Favors did. Davis crashes the boards. He was really he was really beneficial in that Portland team last year. They signed Jeff Green. Uh, Jeff Green, I mean, he's a solid basketball player in his own right. You don't have to say much about him uh, because because of how well you know how good he is. And they signed Emmanuel Mudiay, who I think this could be sort of like a resurrection for his career as well. Mudiay, a top pick in the draft a couple of years ago by the Denver Nuggets, gets traded away to New York. Um, sort of gets lost, and you know his game never really picked up. But he played well, sort of, last year in, in New York, and and Utah's given him a chance, um, and you know to to be a guy who can back up Mike Conley, and to be a guy who can back up you know Donovan Mitchell. So, <clears throat> and a guy who may even see time on the court at the same time as Donovan Mitchell. So, this Utah team especially with guys like on the roster who still still named Dante Exum, um, 
it's going to be big. But, you know, they lost some pe- – they lost key players like Derek Favors. They lose Ricky Rubio to the Phoenix Suns. They lose Jay Crowder. They lo- You know, Favors signed with, with the Pelicans. You know, they lose Tabo Cephalosha, who signed with the Rockets. So, um, while they did bring in guys, they did lose some pieces. Um, so, it's it's all about, you know, how well are these new pieces going to fit in with these old guys. Quinn Snyder's a, a wonderful coach. Quinn Snyder's a great coach. He's from the Popovich tree. Uh, no doubt he's going to get his guys to be able to play together and, and to play better and to, to, to gel when they need to. This Jazz team has been a really streaky team. They've been a team that hasn't really started great the last couple of years, but they really picked it up, you know, around, you know, just before the All-Star break around December. Um, this team this year shouldn't start that slow because they have better players. Um, you know, they have the Mike Conley, they have the Bojan Bogdanovic. They've still got, they've still got Gobert. They've still got Mitchell. They've got Ingles. Um, so, you know, this team should be better. Um, they should be better. They should start off on it. They should get off on a better foot. And like I said, any team who finishes, you know, once the rate has a chance in this Western conference. So for them to finish sixth, I mean, it's no, it, it's no disrespect to Utah. Moving on to seventh. We've been on for about 40 minutes here. Moving on to seventh, the Houston Rockets. Again, um, no disrespect to any team. They finished fourth last year in the Western Conference at 53 wins. You know, they, they faced off with Utah in the first round. You know, they, 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 beat, they sweep Utah. Um, you know, they've gone to face the Warriors. The Warriors, they, they go seven. They go six. Actually, they go six. You know, that's the series where Kevin Durant initially gets hurt. Um, James Harden speaks for itself. MVP candidate every year. Uh, he's going to average near. He's going to average a near triple double again. Uh, Russ, who 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 has averaged a triple double every single year, uh, the last couple of years, two years in a row. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what he does in this with this in this D'Antoni offense. A lot of people on this team, though, just recently, this this Rockets team, uh, a lot of people are going to have to step up. They add Tyson Chandler, they add Ben McLemore, they add Tabo Cephalosha, uh, they resign they resign Ryan Anderson. You know, they still have Daniel House on their roster. They, the Clint Capella has to play better, but it's going to be a collective team unit because Gerald Green is, could possibly be out for the entire season with a stress fracture in his foot um, or a foot injury, um, and that's one of my key departures listed alongside Chris Paul, uh, who, who it was traded for Russell Westbrook. Um, but it's going to be a collective unit, right? Because Russell Westbrook does not shoot the ball from three. Well, career statistically, he does not shoot it well. That could change this year. Um, but the number of, I mean, statistically, it doesn't suggest that just because his, his, his attempts, his attempt numbers are going to go up that he's going to shoot the ball better. It's not a given. Um, they're going to need guys like Daniel House to step up. Ben McLemore is going to have to step up. Cephalosha is going to – he's going to – Cephalosha alongside P.J. Tucker with this Rockets team going to form one heck of a perimeter duo when it comes to guarding. James Harden, a defensive liability. Russ is a little bit better defensively. He's not great, but he's, he's bigger. He's got more size um, and can guard your guards, your bigger guards. So Russ is going to be um, a key factor in, in, in defense. Uh, a def- Houston Rockets team who doesn't really care much about defense, uh, but but this is going to have to be a key focal point for them. They're going to have to stop some teams. If James Harden is going to score 50 points tonight, they're still going to have to s- stop the other team from scoring 150. So Tyson Chandler was is, is going to be a big help in that. He can guard the rim. 
He can get rebounds. He can do a better thing. He can he can be a better version of Clint Capella. Um, Clint, Clint Capella could learn a lot from Tyson Chandler. Uh, just just pick his brain about you know floor spacing and 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 getting rebounds and, and positioning your body. Capella really fell off last year after signing that contract for five years, eighty mil. Um, he's got to play like he's worth it. He didn't play like it last year, and I know he had some injuries last year. But still, when he, even when he was on the court, he was rendered useless in that playoff series against the Warriors. They figured it out. Uh, the year before, when Capella was killing them on the on the lobs and things like that, they figured out how to shut him down last year. He's got to he's got to evolve his game. He's got to be better come playoff time. He's got to help this Rockets team get to where they want to be. That's where they're that's what they're cashing in for with guys like Russell Westbrook and Tyson Chandler and Cephalosha coming on board. They've got to figure out how to get past the Warriors. Well, no more the Warriors, but now they got to finish figure out how to get past teams like the Clippers and the Lakers. It's going to be difficult to do, but any team in this Western Conference has a, has a shot. They, they're all really solid. They've got the players. They've got the talent. They've got the ability. Um, and that goes for this Rockets team, who even though I have them finishing seventh, could still find a way to the Western Conference Finals. It's possible. Um, eventually, these teams like the Lakers and the Clippers and the the Warriors and the Rock and the and the, uh, the the Trailblazers and the Jazz are all going to have to play each other, right? They're all going to have to play each other eventually. Um, if Houston can avoid some, one of those teams and, and get past the first round, they're going to have to. They're going to face. You know, these other teams will knock each other themselves out. And then once that really happens, you just have to make the most of your opportunities. That's what it comes down to. Um, then at eight, I have I had the Mavericks, and this is where I amended my 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 pick. I'm going to go with the Spurs over the Ma- over the Mavericks at eight. Um, you look at this Spurs roster, and, and and they are just too good. When you factor in the fact that Popovich, one of the, the best coaches of all time, is coaching them, they add Tim Duncan in there to their coaching roster, who's going to help these these younger bigs develop. He's going to help LaMarcus Aldridge out a lot. Um, you add in the fact that they get DeJounte Murray back, and he looks magnificent. He looks wonderful in preseason. Um, he, he comes back from his injury, his torn ACL. They still have Bellinelli. They've got Aldridge. They 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 add Damari Carroll, who's going to be able to play. They've got Brent Forbes. They've got Brent Forbes. They've got Rudy Rudy Gay. They draft Keldon Johnson, who I think is going to be a superstar on this team alongside Dejounte Murray in the, in the future. Uh, I think the future of their backcourt is going to be Murray and Johnson, and they're going to be one heck of a duo to stop offensively once their offensive games develop. And then defensively, you're not going to be able to get by them. Um, actually, in, in a Wednesday night game. Uh, preseason game, Dejounte Murray flashed uh, flashed what he could be on defense when he shut down James Harden um, and stopped James Harden from scoring, stopped him from getting by him, and then scored him on the scored on him on the other end. The future of the Spurs backcourt is is magnificent. Uh, it's it's beautiful to think about. They they add Trey Lyles. They they still got Patty Mills. You know, Jakob Pertl came over in the trade last year in the Kawhi trade. Uh, he's seven feet tall. Like I've never, I've never really considered to want to silently be seven feet tall, but Jakob Pertl is silently seven feet tall. He doesn't make a lot of noise. You don't know, you don't know a ton about him, but he's seven feet tall and he could really develop. This is, he's going to, he could, he could benefit a lot from learning from, from, from uh, Tim Duncan. Oh, and by the way, the Spurs still have Lonnie Walker, who they drafted in the first round last year. And they still have Derek White, who they drafted a couple years ago. Derek White, I mean, Derek White, a great two-way, a great two-way guard, alongside Dejounte Murray and Keldon Johnson for the next decade is, I mean, like you just think about the Spurs just never falling off, and it's true. Um, the sun never sets on on the San Antonio Empire because they they draft well, 
Um, eventually, I think coaching is going to factor into it when, whenever Pop decides to retire. Uh, but these guys may be so seasoned by that point. Uh, the, the next crop of, of Spurs, the next crop of future Spurs may be so seasoned by that point that it won't really matter that a new coach can come in and, and install a new system or whatever they want to do. And these guys can still fall in line and, and lead the Spurs to 50 wins in the playoff spot. Um, but that's how that's that's why I have to to believe in them. That's why I have to keep them in the rotation. That's why I have to not to not give up faith on them. Uh, last year could have been the year that they fell out. I still went with them because I said I couldn't go against Pop. Now I look at their roster this year and it's like, heck, I can't go against this roster or Pop because they're, they're both so good. And when you add one and the other, when you mix them both together, you just get a better result. There's no reason why the Spurs team should underachieve. There's I mean, there's no reason why they there's I wouldn't be surprised if the Spurs team finishes above eighth because of how good they are or they can be. Um, if they finish at eighth, that's perfectly fine because they can still if they face the Nuggets, they can still beat the Nuggets in round one. Um, I just but they're just they're so good. They're so good. I wouldn't be surprised if they finish above eighth. Um, I can't pick against them to miss the playoffs this year. I'm sorry, Dallas. Uh, but you're going to be Dallas, Dallas and New Orleans and Sacramento are going to all be three very, very fun teams to watch who won't make the playoffs. Um, Dallas will be closer. Dallas is the closest of these three teams to being in the playoffs. They've got, they've got Luca, they've got Porzingis, they've got Seth Curry. They added in the Ross, you know, the off season, they've got Boban, they've got Dylan Wright, who they add in the off season. They lose Dirk to retirement. Uh, but this Mavericks team is going to be exciting to watch. Dwight Powell is going to have to make make a big leap for them. Uh, Jalen Burden or Jalen Brunson, excuse me, he's going to have to make a big leap for them at guard. And Dorian Finney-Smith is going to have to make a big leap for them as a perimeter defender and score. Uh, but this Mavericks team can be a lot of fun to watch with Porzingis and, and Luca. Uh, they could be a new, they could be a huge one-two punch for the future. And eventually, if one of these teams like Houston or San Antonio or Utah or whatever falls off, uh, Dallas has to be ready to step up. Um, and then, you know, you look at Sacramento, they got Fox, they've got Bojan Bogdanovic, no relation to Bogdan, um, or actually they've got Bogdan Bogdanovic, no relation to Bojan. They've got Buddy Hild, uh, whose future may now be in jeopardy because he says he, he views uh, the King's offer of a $90 million contract as disrespectful. He thinks he's, he, he's worth more than that. So this could be the final year for the Kings to really sort of like uh, to make things fun, make things interesting. They got Bagley, they drafted Kyle Guy who could easily step in and replace Buddy Hield in that role if he decides to leave this year or if something happens with him. Harry Giles should be they've got a they've got a ton of talent on this Sacramento Kings team. And and these guys are all young. They're all around the same age and it's just about these guys playing together. Uh for, unfortunately I think because these guys are so young, I don't think they're gonna they're they're NBA seasoned enough to really make a push to the playoffs. But these guys made it interesting last year. They finished just outside, you know, the top eight by a couple of games. Um, but, and they, they now have Luke Walton as their head coach. Uh, so, so that factors into things, but they, they're, the Kings are going to be exciting to watch interesting teams just doesn't mean teams who can make, you know, make it dangerous for some of these other teams to make the playoffs, but they could just be fun to watch. And this Kings team is going to be so much fun to watch, watching Fox again, watching Hill, watching Bagley, watching Harry Giles, you know, watching Tyler Eulis. I mean, Bogdanovich was huge, was a, was a big star for them last year. So, uh, these, these guys, these guys in the Pelicans are going to be so much, so much fun to watch. And the Pelicans, this Pelicans team, uh, having some of these guys who got traded over from the Lakers, you know, play in, in a not so huge market and, and under, under so much pressure, even though they're going to still play, I think someone said like 30 games on, on national television this year, the Zion effect. 
uh, the Pelicans can be closer to, to the playoffs than either Dallas or Sacramento, quite honestly, um, just because of how, I mean, they've got, the, they got Lonzo, they've got Zion, they've got JJ Redick, they've got Brandon Ingram. Um, all these guys are really good. They got Josh Hart, who's really good. Uh, they got those guys know their roles. They can play their roles effectively. JJ can shoot the ball. Uh, Lonzo's a great two-way player. His offense, he's coming around on offense. He's going to get better. He's going to develop. I mean, you got to remember, he's only what? He's only like 21, 22 himself. Um, Josh Hart is a great three and D guy. He can play defense. He can shoot the ball. Um, then you add in Zion, who in his, in, in itself, uh, I mean, is, a, is an attraction. They've got Jackson Hayes, who I think um, had not Michael Porter Jr. been in this year, technically qualify for this year's rookie of the year, would probably win rookie of the year because of how good he is, how well he played in summer league. I mean, Hayes was a beast. Uh, Brandon Ingram is going to be a lot better. Uh, the move to New Orleans is going to do him a lot of good. Uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker, who's a, who's the cousin of of Shy Gilgis Alexander, um, he's a solid player. Derek Favors they added. Frank Jackson is back. Jalil Okafor they've got. I mean, so this Pelicans team is not bad, and they have Drew Holiday, who's the leader of, of all of these guys. Drew Holiday is the, the leader, and he's he's a wonderful example. So this Pelicans team is not bad. Um, they're just, they're just not, they're just going to, they're just going to get bit by the fact that teams like the Spurs and, and the Jazz and the Rockets exist in front of them. So we're not going to get to watch these guys in the playoffs. Um, but they can make it interesting for sure. They may be, they may be, they may be closer to playoff rate than the Dallas Mavericks are because they have so many veteran guys. They've got a solid mix of, these guys are still pretty young, but they've got a solid mix of NBA veteran guys, guys who've been in the league for a while, like Jalil Okafor, like Frank J- – well, Jackson's only in his, his second year, but but Derek Favors has been around. Ingram's been around. You know, Hart's been around, I guess you could say, a couple years. Lonzo, I mean, they, they played in that L.A. market, and then they're, they're led by Drew Holiday, who's only 30. Um, so this team, this Pelicans team, could be a lot of fun to watch. Um, they could be what – they could be what last year's Kings team was, uh, except they could be a little bit better. Um, so, but that's that's the state of our Western Conference. That's those are my opinions. That's what I think is going to happen. That's what I think is going to go down. That's what I think is going to make the playoffs, and that's what I think is just going to miss. You've got teams. You've got teams like the Timberwolves and the, and the Suns and the Thunder, who I think just aren't going to get it done this year. Um, I want to believe in the Timberwolves. I really do. You know, they they've they've got Ryan Saunders as their coach full time now. Um, I want to believe in Wiggins and I want to believe in Cat and their development, but I just don't know if it's going to happen. I really don't know if it's going to happen. Phoenix is still a ways away. They signed Rubio. They've got Uber back. They they get Kaminsky, uh, but when you stack them up against the these other Western Conference teams and I, and Devin Booker, who I who I believe could be the scoring champion. Um, when you stack these guys up against everyone else in the Western Conference, they just they they're just not good enough. That's just the that's the disappointing part of it. They're just not good enough. Um, so, uh, and Oklahoma City is the way. Oklahoma City may blow this thing up this year uh, for real. They've got Chris Paul and and Gilgis Alexander can learn a lot from Chris Paul, and, and they've got Stephen Adams and Roberson who may not even play at the beginning of this year again. Uh, who he missed all of last year with an injury, so and he may not play. He ne- he may not even be ready for for the openers next week. So um, there's three teams for sure. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to give us. I don't know how well they can be, uh, how good they can be. But that's the state of the Western Conference. That's 
that's where you're, that's what you're looking at. I think I think those are the top eight teams that you're looking at, uh, from Denver on down to San Antonio, and then the three outside teams who who look really good, and then you've got the other three teams who just look like bleh. So, uh, and I even I didn't even include Memphis, who 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 could be now in the running for the number one pick or or a top pick in, in next year's draft. So. Um, but that's it. That's that's the Western Conference. This this podcast episode, of course, went over forty five minutes, uh, but we're not going to hit an hour at least. Uh, I guess I guess that's a good thing, right? Um, but uh, that's it. Uh, appreciate you guys for tuning in and listening. Um, I'm going to do another one of these before the season starts. So today's Thursday, the seventeenth. I'm probably going to try to do one for Monday for the Eastern Conference um, and those guys over there. That one may actually hit forty five minutes just because. I'm not in love with the Eastern Conference like I am the Western Conference. It's not going to be as tough to to do. So, um, but stay tuned. More episodes. I'm I'm going to ramp this thing back up. Basketball season is about to get going. Uh, we're still in the middle of baseball season with with the the championship series and, and the Nationals punch their ticket to the World Series. And we've got hockey and we've got college football and we've got NFL. So, uh, a great a great time to be a sports fan. Like I mentioned last year around this time, uh, just enjoy it, you guys. Uh, we're, 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 we're in the Halloween season. We're coming up on the holiday season. So just enjoy this time with your family and your friends, um, and be safe out here. Uh, be safe in everything that you do. Um, have a great weekend, everyone have a finish the week off strong and, and yada, yada, and this and that. And, and I appreciate you guys for tuning in. I really do. Uh, and all the support and love that you guys get back. The feedback is wonderful. So, uh, but that's a wrap on episode 40, the Sean Kemp episode of check the scoreboard podcast. I'll see you guys in the future.